0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys joined forces to make One Decent Pastor, and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Hey, good morning. Hello. Hello you have arrived at one decent pastor of course we just said that in the intro if you are listening to the podcast so yeah. but if you're on youtube now you know it's mean, one of these
1: things where you just repeat it over and over again and it sinks in people's brains like there's kind of, i'm mostly you know. trying to get it to sink into my own brain <laughs> because i want to call it the other thing and yeah. it's not the other it's thing easier to call it the other
0: thing it is because you know i mean there's yeah. a table right here and we're talking and we're talking so, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> we have
1: talked about speaking of trying to see if we can upload some kind of past episodes, in, like archive
0: episodes, we might call them now. Yeah, we're so popular so, now. We've <laughs> actually had requests for past episodes to become podcasts, and yeah. uh, all three of our listeners have asked for that now. So. <laughs> Deluxe bo- box set. Yeah. So okay. whenever, <clears throat> Don't
1: say all three of our listeners. Say 100% of our listeners Better. Yeah. have demanded that we do this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a great idea, and we
0: are going to look into that. I don't know if we can do, like, a, a big dump all at once, yeah. and, and they all show up in there. <laughs> that sounds bad, David. <laughs> wow. Thank you for looking at me like that. Uh, uh, i was going to do a big dump. I yeah. think
1: we can probably do it. I think we just have to eliminate the confusion between One Decent Pastor and the previous thing. All
2: right, let's start over. <laughs> Welcome to One Decent Pastor. <laughs> yeah. You guys are almost matching color-wise.
1: It's oh,
0: yeah, hardcore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a memo that went out. And yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I don't know
0: what. Uh, I, don't know. I know today we're talking about a topic that is probably going to be interesting to some people, a little controversial. Um so different from to, our previous To do topics. with yeah, we're we're switching from the end times. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, right? we, don't, we don't
1: ever do anything controversial. Or <laughs> yeah, and once again, like David
0: was saying a second ago, in our in our pre talk, that you know, um, we we're just talking about some things that um, we're doing our best to land on in, yes. in, a, in a biblical way. These these are hard things to talk about. We don't have all the things figured out. We don't have all the answers. But it, it's it's definitely something the church should be talking about. So we're going to be talking about gender and sexuality today. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we're in, um, we're. In pursuit of the truth right so yep. we're, we're in a discovery mode that's what i love yeah. about that little tagline you put on our our banner that mm-hmm. you know we are seeking to you know what like up. D- discuss discover and promote go. all things discuss Bible. discover promote sometimes you're just gonna see us discovering yeah <laughs> that's it yeah yeah
1: and I think most most of our kind of regular listeners or viewers know, like we don't we don't script these discussions. Um, I think they know. probably know, <laughs> even if we haven't said it. <laughs> I know that might shock some people. Somehow they probably figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and part part of our goal in this is just you know we want you know for you people tuning in to kind of get an idea of what it's like when the three of us are just you know hanging out and talking theology um, you know, on the fly.
0: We said that actually on Sunday at one point. We said, man, we should be recording this right now for One Decent Pastor because we had a good discussion going with some people. It was such a good discussion. And usually
2: it's the spontaneous ones like the unscripted or unplanned ones that are, to me, the most interesting. Sure. Because you've got people that are, um, again, discovering, you know, on the fly. You're just, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Anything to to talk about before we jump in?
2: I don't think we have, uh, we have anything going on, do we? We got through all our I mean, Last week, we shoved everything into last week. At a lot of meetings, yeah. Had a lot of meetings yeah. and uh, events.
0: and Yeah, I can't think of us even having anything to announce to our people. Yeah, I don't right. think so. Well, so, let me say a quick prayer, yeah, and then yeah. Chad, you can take it away. Go for it. Uh, Father, thank you that we get to talk about these things together. Thank you that it uh, hopefully benefits the people listening. We pray for that. We pray that we would um, seek to know the truth of what your word says and that we would have compassion um, in regards to where we land, Lord. So just give us wisdom and grace, we ask now in Jesus' name.
1: Um, yeah so, so as Brent said we're going to talk about uh, gender and sexuality today and, and I think in order to you know to start any discussion on this we have to look at you know God's good design uh, for gender and sexuality so does one of you want to pull up Genesis chapter 2 um, and then one of you um, pull up
0: Romans 1 Are you already a Genesis I just have it in my notes I don't know what you're going to say yet so I have 218 and 2.22 yeah. through 25. Yep. in my notes. So that's but, what I had. Okay. So i got we'll, Genesis 2. And goes. then
1: David, if you want to do uh, Romans 1, sure. uh, starting in verse 21. Um, so yeah, Brent, uh, give us give us Genesis.
0: 2.18 uh, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So from the start, we have this idea that um, <clears throat> not sufficient on his own, needs mm-hmm. somebody to complete or complement him. And, and so uh, that, that takes place. Then in Genesis 2.22, Uh, And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh.
1: So what, what do we learn from that about God's good design for gender and sexuality?
0: <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I guess part of what what um, I would say is that uh, when God created man, uh, you know, He said this is very good. So the way He's designed it, um, we can tell just in the anatomy, the biology, um, you know, all of these things that that man and woman go together well. I don't, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to get too far down that road because there might be children listening, but they fit together <laughs> really PG well stream in a lot of ways. Like, you know, if you were to, if you were to Um, just take God and morality out of the equation and just look at science, you you know that it ain't gonna work. You'll get one generation Mm -hmm. varying from God's plan and that's it. And you know with God's plan it it all works very well. And not only you know the idea that men and women are made differently, that he said it's not good for man to be alone so he created the woman and we see, you know, I I mean you guys will agree with this 100 percent, you know I am really glad that my wife is different than me. Not just physically, but in her whole makeup, you know. So so we're created equal, with equal equal dignity, but very different as far as the way we're wired, the way we think, uh, the roles that we have, all of that. And it's all part of God's good design. Yeah. Um,
2: so we see intentionality yeah. and we see, I would even say completion. Yeah. I know, I know that's cheesy and it could oh, even be good. heretical, but like- <laughs> I don't think it's heretical. There is a completion, not with just the one or two of the one with one of each mm-hmm. together.
0: Yeah. Well, and the idea that he's made made them in his image, yes. male and female in his image, mm-hmm. you get the idea that, um, you know, together they, they complete that image in, in a more complete way than they would on their own. Right. And so completion, I think, is a really good word. I think there's a sense that we, we look for completion in relationships sometimes right. apart from God, and, and that's where we go wrong. Yeah, that's where so it, it the, gets corny. You know, the yeah, idea complete, that I have, yeah. Yeah, I have a soulmate out there that's going to complete Did me. The Jerry Maguire reference? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's not true. The only the only one that can truly complete us is Christ, and so you know that's clear. But the idea that you find this partner that you go through life with that enhances everything about you know who we are and and how we operate and how we worship God together it's a good thing that He's done for us.
1: I think we'll probably have another table talk in the future on you know the idea of you know complementarianism to kind of unpack that idea you know more fully. So we won't get into that today. But you know when it talks about that, that God had made a helper fit for the man. Um, you know, I heard a pastor one time talk about this. Is like it's not a helper in the sense like, hey, I need a sandwich. <laughs> you know, go go make me a sandwich. Kind of a helper that, that it's more like you know when when the army's at war. You know, you're you know you're with your battalion and you're at war and there's the, the guy with the backpack that has the phone that calls in you know the reinforcements. Like that's the kind of the idea of helper fit for him. Um, that you know and again just speaking to you know the, the completeness of it and, and one complementing the other. Um, you know, as we think about the doctrine of, of the Imago Dei, you know, that we are created in the image of God that, you know, there's, there's dignity. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, you know, man has more dignity than woman but, like, there's dignity uh, and value uh, and worth and I think we have to have that as our starting point uh, as we think about just, you know, where kind of modern society is with, you know, issues of gender and sexuality that, you know, all people are equal in their dignity and in their value and in mm-hmm. their worth
0: in God's eyes no matter what. But that, that truth that it's, you know, it's not good for man to live alone is, right. I mean, it's, it's amazing all the different ways that um, my wife just does so much for me in, in regards to my esteem and in regards to just um, practical things around the, the home and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think about what life would be like without her. And I think she would say the same thing, hopefully. But, um, man, I just, what a good thing God has done. I remember hearing a pastor Mark talk about there was a, something to do with, the, with when, they would, when a ship was about to break apart in a storm and they mm-hmm. would throw these ropes underneath the ship to try to hold it together. That, that word help, um, helper, is something to do with that, that yeah. idea of, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of keeping things together. And in so many ways, wives do that. I mean, if you, if you think about the way the wife in the home and with the kids and, um, I mean, I don't know how my wife does all the stuff that she can do. She can do 20 things at once and do them well. And I can do one thing <laughs> at once, not very well. Decently. Uh, decently, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, thank so, you. For, so
1: you're saying you're one decent husband? Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. So, like, we
0: uh,
2: we know that um, it's better to go through life with a helper. I think that most um, people that are even different, that even uh, have a homosexual lifestyle, would agree. Um, and so, like, the the it's not good for you know, man to be alone. When the Bible says that, it means that it's it's good for him to have a a woman to be the helper. Right. But the world the world would agree, yeah, I, I need a, a companion, a partner to go through life with, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be a woman. Right. Right? So just a just you know, I, I know we all know that, but to clarify, like that's what's intended there is it's not good for man to be alone, It's not like go get whatever you want, right. you know, to, to go through life with. It's it's that a woman is is the um, the completion
0: there. Well, I, I would just say that that is consistently what we see everywhere throughout the Bible. You never yep. see a variation from that. This is mm-hmm. the way God, you know, Jesus reinforces it in the New Testament when he talks about the same thing we just read, you know, when a man will leave his father and mother and, you know, become one flesh with his wife. This is the clear design and desire clear. of God. Yep. There is no other variation from that. And so I would just say that, you know, we come with this presupposition about God's word that it is true that it is authoritative, you know, that God has chosen to reveal Himself and His will in a way that is, you know, and we bow to the will of what the Scriptures say, and not the right. other way around. And so many people don't do that, and it's, it's even in churches now. You see this idea that I'm going to bend God's word to my will, right. and I'll pick and choose what it says. And, and again, our, our we're coming at this from this is what God's word said. It's very right. clear, right. and we need to all or nothing. We need to abide by that. Yeah. so this really does comes down to this idea: Are we going to honor God with His design and desire, or not?
1: Right, and, and so we clearly see <clears throat> in Genesis chapter 2 God's God's good, intentional, right design for uh, creating humans as male and female. We see God's good, intentional, and right design in uh, that humans shouldn't be alone, right? right. And, and, and we see God's good, right, and intentional design in marriage uh, between one man and one woman. And we see that established, I mean, just right in the very beginning of the Bible, the beginning of... You know, history as we know it, that God from the outset says this is what's right and Mm -hmm. this is what's good and this is my intentional design uh, for human flourishing. And just
2: to go back to like what you were saying, um, like this all comes down to what we establish as ultimate authority, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really where the battle lies because you can even have church people or believers that ultimately will bend to the culture or the advancement of the culture and how things change. This becomes then primitive or... um, just obsolete you know like Mm -hmm. it it didn't it doesn't really matter and so it's really a question of of ultimate authority and people establishing what their ultimate authority is a believer you know our our allegiance is to the word of god we know that Mm -hmm. it knows more than we do we know that it doesn't change even though we do um and we we agree with that you know even if it looks wrong right
0: well and that needs to be kind of where that's the the platform that, that we stand on and so it's not because um, you're different than me, or because I hate what you're doing, exactly. or because I don't respect, you know, th- that's where a lot of Christians, I exactly. think, come at it in a way that's kind of hateful and wrong. Yeah, we're just saying, you know what? God's made his desire and his design clear, and we're gonna we're going to abide by that because it's the word of God. And so I don't have any other option, really. So, you yeah. know, that's, for me, that's what I have to do.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, so God, from the beginning, has established his right, good, intentional design. Uh, Romans 1, uh, 21 to the end of the chapter, tells us what we thought of God's design. To the end of the chapter? You yeah You want to handle is, all that? This is this is just a scathing I should have brought my rebuke of humanity. If you need to tap out <laughs>
0: at, at some point.
2: No, I'll handle it. And stop me if you need to. Okay. <laughs> for, although they knew to, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile. In their thinking, and this is obviously just the unrighteous, you know, this is the human race. Um, And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, uh, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of, inventors of evil. That's a gnarly phrase. Disobedient <laughs> to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they uh, know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them it's just gnarly
1: it is it's a gnarly passage quite an indictment on mankind and it's it's the
2: problem it's so gnarly because it's so true yeah like it's, it's just the reality that we see outside of um you know
0: the children of god right and even though this specifies some some you know sexual behavior it's much greater. It's, it's a much it's broader, broader scope yeah, than that. This, than just, this that. just goes to the heart of man, right. in regards. to this is what we see in the garden from the start. This idea that God said, "This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to be." And there's something in us that says, "Oh, you've you've drawn a line. <laughs> well, check this out. Yeah. You know, this is the way you want it. Well, watch me go." That there's this thing in us that wants to do the exact opposite of what God wants. Yeah, we want to yeah. give him the finger. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's you know one of the biggest ways that we can do that was to say that you created me in the wrong way. Sure. Uh, or to go against, you know, God's order and uh, his design. Like more so, I think, than, than maybe anything else. That's, you know, giving God the finger in maybe the biggest way that we can. And, and yep. to say God you, you got wrong with me, yeah.
2: which was which was really the, you know, what Satan used to, mm-hmm. you know, to draw in, you know, the first the
0: fallen. Yeah. Well, and the, the sad thing in that is that there's this this idea that I'll find happiness, satisfaction, I'll find something better than what God has for what I don't have. Yeah, by <clears throat> doing these things. And it's, you couldn't be more wrong. You're right. going to be more disconnected, more disillusioned, not only from God, but from, from everybody and yeah. everything. This is what we see happening right now, um, where people have checked out of reality, and they're doing things that don't, you know, and they're wanting everybody to say, hey, pr- approve of this. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it's, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. God's blessing is
2: in what he gives us as well as what he keeps us from. Right. right. It's, yeah. it's both.
1: I, I but, think, but we you know, don't see it that way. <laughs> I think it's <clears throat> Keller that gives an analogy of, you know, a fish out of water. It's like, like a fish flourishes when it's confined to the water. But, you know, if a fish, you know, could grow a brain and grow some feet and, and walk out of the water, it wouldn't flourish because it's outside of, you know, but the, did, the, did the did good and it. right boundaries. What's that? No, 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 no. That was stupid. Sorry. Seen the evolution? I got you. Little But the point is, as long as you know, when the fish is confined to its good and right boundaries, it flourishes. And when it tries to go outside of those boundaries, like it's going to die, right. um, you know, in no time. And this is what Romans one is saying: is that you know, as you go outside of the, the good and right boundaries that God has set in place for humanity, um, it's a downhill slide, a sharp downhill slide. Sure. Then <laughs> there comes a point where God has given humanity up to just a debased mind and, and wrong thinking, and um, you know, bringing judgment upon, you know, ourselves because of going against, you know, what God says is good and right.
0: That reminds me of the old saying that David used to say, and I can't remember where it came from, but, uh, you know, fire in the fireplace is good. <coughs> fire outside of the fireplace is devastating. Yeah, I don't, don't want to say who it came from. I think it was a guy it that now might have kissed, post- dating He's... goodbye. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I thought it was. All but right. it's, a, it's a fantastic it's analogy. It's a great it's still analogy. still true. You yeah, know? it is still true yeah. because I think that's what we, you know, what God has made um is glorious, Mm -hmm. isn't it? I mean, it's just like, God, you've done this thing where, you know, man and wife, uh, what a gift that is. You know, all of this is such a good thing. And and for us to then to pervert that whole idea of what God has given us and try to find something better, it's like, no, this is the the goodness of what he's done. Right. And when we, you know, it's not like God's trying to keep us from fun or keep us from having something good. He's given us the best thing for us to enjoy, and we just need to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good
2: with its intended use Yeah. Yeah. and then dangerous in its non-intended use. For sure.
1: So I think so far a lot of, you know, people that might be tuning in, a lot of Christians would be, you know, saying, yeah, you know, hearty amen, you know, <laughs> probably to what we're saying. Like, I don't think we're, you know, blowing anybody's mind there or challenging, you know, for the most part, um, probably people's thinking. Right. Um, where, where the challenge becomes is, you know, how do, how, do we, how do we deal with as Christians and as the church, um, you know, people who are steeped in sin, right? And, you know, Paul talks about it, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians 6. He kind of gives, you know, a list of, like, you you were this and you were that and all these things. Um, But, you know, God saved you and God showed you grace. such were some of you. Such were some of you, yeah. Uh, And even Romans 5 that talks about that, you know, while we were his enemies, you know, Christ died for us. It doesn't say that while we were his enemies that Christ got mad at us. (laughs) or while we were his enemies that he was offended by us right. um, or while we were his enemies like he pointed the finger at us it's you know while we were his enemies he gave his life so that we could come to know him and so so i think that's pretty key in our understanding when we talk about really any anything about you know, just people's sinfulness but especially with the issues of gender and sexuality uh, to realize that, that God loves people who are steeped in their sin and God you know through his son gave his life for people who were uh, gripped by sin I think
2: this, this goes back to we were talking a few weeks ago about how we tend to quantify sins. Are some, are some sins worse than others? And, of course, yes and no at the same time. And I think this is where the no part like, is of value to the Christian, to understand mm-hmm. that all sins uh, sent Christ to the cross. Because if, if we're always thinking uh, um, on different levels, then we're always thinking about the one that we don't commit. Right. And this is one of those ones that Christians love to hate. And we don't just hate this, sin. we actually end up hating these people. Right, um, and that's the entire problem. And I think God, God's going to have something to say <laughs> to Talk us one day, you know, because of that, you know, the way that, that we come to it. But I'll never yeah. forget one day when I first started changing on this and understanding this. I was it was early in the days of the door, maybe the first year or two. I was still doing chimneys, and I was at this dude's house one day, and um, he was hitting on me the whole time, like clearly. And um, we went out afterward after I was done cleaning the chimney and I was writing up his invoice and he was standing there talking. We got that, I w- he found out I was, you know, pastoring a church and had planted a church. And then he got really interesting, but he started throwing out his ammo, like things he's been wanting to say to a Christian for a yeah. long time, but kind of, kind of sarcastically, like jokingly, but also like, just honestly, like, you know, oh, you guys think this and you guys think that. And he finally just looked at me and said, so, so, so what do you think of me? And I said, I think of you the same way I think of myself. I, I said, I'm, I'm a, I'm just a, I'm a complete and utter sinner and failure before God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I do, um, and or what I don't do compared to you. And and it was just, it was interesting to see how he just changed at that point of conversation, yeah. just from me acknowledging that I'm as I'm completely dirty, utterly sinful. Right. That that it had nothing to do with you're doing a sin that i'm not doing but that we're both sinners that have fallen short of a mark um, and just acknowledging to him that that my marks you know that, that my sin's is as bad as his yeah it just it just changed everything and so i kind of learned that lesson at that point that this isn't like rocket science like it's just a yeah. matter of having compassion and then also a reality of our own depravity right like no matter what we do or don't commit you yeah. so,
0: know yeah i think there is that element though that if it's a sin that we don't Relate to, or, totally. or or we don't understand, or don't struggle with. It's just much easier to label it as as worse than what we do. Right. Yeah, sure. And uh, and there is an, there is an aspect of this, like we talked about. It feels, and it, sometimes it's more the way an individual comes across. But sometimes it really feels like it's an affront to God mm-hmm. in the way that certain people kind of maybe uh, come across sure. with this stuff. Sure. You know, some people are just like you know, I mean, in sure. your face with it, and right. and anything like that. Whether it's gender sexuality or whether it's something you know else entirely when it's really blatant and really obnoxious so, I think yeah. we, we feel it more so sometimes that's how
2: so it's more the sin of pride it's more the it way is. that we're doing yeah. it rather than yeah. what we're actually doing they're both bad but this one almost becomes worse at that point yeah. is the actual attitude sure. in which we're performing yep. <clears throat> that sin or protecting that sin yes. i'm seeing i've seen it with christians lately uh, uh, with their rebelliousness towards the government and the yeah. rebelliousness towards whether it's a mandate or, you know, a local law or something like that. And and their attitude makes it just so ugly. Yeah. yeah. Like the way they're doing it makes it just
0: horrible. Well, know? and that's what I found yeah. myself, because I tried to check myself. I tried to understand myself. Why do I feel differently about this than I do other things? And sometimes it's that, yeah. you know, sometimes it's... Uh, but, but then, you know, you'll also get to that point where you'll meet somebody. And this is where we were kind of talking about that. When it becomes... More, less of a cold hard fact, a theoretical kind of a understanding of something and, and when it becomes personal and you meet somebody like you talked about and you'd you mentioned a, a somebody you'd met one time where flesh and bones all of a sudden kind of come come into this subject. it, it changes a lot it does. Um, and, and you begin to kind of relate to somebody in a different way and have compassion and we know a lot of the people that are listening today because we, we you know a lot of people in the church have family members, have friends, have people who struggle with these things, and for them it's extremely personal. These are people they love and care about, and to come at it in this cold, hard, fact way is not very helpful sometimes,
1: yeah, yeah. and the church does that. Yeah, I, I grew up in a small town, you know, like kind of where men were men, you know, and like macho, you know, was the value, and, you know, cowboys and, you know, those kinds of things, and, um, well, know, I just, made a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that kind of cowboy. And you reminded us of that yesterday. <laughs> Um, I mean, just, you know, for me growing up, like, it just wasn't, you know, part of everyday life, you know, for us to, to consider that, you know, that might be somebody's lifestyle to, to live, you know, sure. like in an LGBTQ community. Um, I'm sure it existed, but it was very much probably under the radar. And, and so it was easy growing up to, just, you know, kind of have thoughts and feelings towards, you know, people in that, that segment of the community. And I was sharing with these guys before we started, you know, I, I met a lady one day in Starbucks. Um, and over time, you know, we developed uh, a friendship. Uh, older retired uh, lady um, who was a lesbian and married to a woman and for me like for kind of the first time in my life it's like there, there are skin and bones and flesh and blood you know to, to people who um, you know are in the LGBTQ community and it didn't change you know kind of my biblical views or convictions but, but it certainly you know gave me a level of compassion um, for people in general just kind of knowing this lady and her struggle and how she was alienated from her family you know because of that um, and, and it just changed my outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not my convictions, but definitely changed you know, how to relate to people. Um, and, and I thank God you know for that relationship because I think it's you know served me you know, as a pastor moving forward from that and realizing that you know these are you know people that have real lives and real hurts and real struggles and, uh, and those kinds of things and it just kind of brought new meaning to the you know such were some of you <laughs> you know right. well, our alienation and, from God And if we
0: can't express um, kindness, to, to to somebody like that or or show respect to somebody that doesn't see things the way we do I mean there there should be a way that you can still be very loving without agreeing with somebody we don't right. have to agree we can at the end of the day walk away not not seeing eye to eye on that right but but if, but man we should we should be able to show kindness respect yeah. dignity all these things because the way Christ the, the way Christ did with us yeah um you know and and if we're missing that we're doing it wrong yeah absolutely and I think that's just a, that's an area where the church is really floundering there's a really yeah. helpful book okay. I, I read that changed my thinking about this, it's a Rosaria Butterfield, it was called The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, and it's her story about going from somebody who is a lesbian in a relationship with another woman, to um, meeting with this pastor and you know his wife, they, 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 and then kind of slowly coming into I think the they church. They were
1: neighbors or something, weren't they? Or he, lived, well, she was. She by. was
0: actually really against. Uh, he was involved with Promise Keepers, and she was writing these scathing articles about Promise Keepers. And he, she, I think, I think he just contacted her at one point, and then invited her to his house for dinner, <laughs> which was yeah. like she was blown away. She thought it was going to be an ambush, and they yeah. just treated her with kindness. Yeah, and it was just a remarkable story of this kind of journey she went through. Um, and she did become a believer, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it, it's just, it gives you a, an insight and a perspective about somebody and their life and what they're dealing with and the way they think of the church and the way they think of Christians that was extremely helpful. I would yeah. recommend it highly to, yeah, very much. to anybody that would, you know, is, is interested in these kinds of conversations. Yeah. Well, that,
2: that probably, you know, that time of day thing that he gave her the time of day and yeah. befriended her and brought yeah. her in, that went both ways, right? Because he got to see her as a human being like you're talking about, yeah. but she got to see the same thing. That, mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, this dude yeah. like is a compassionate
1: the guy that cares. man who
2: probably has, but that probably has his own set of struggles, and like we're yeah. really not that different. And yeah, I think right. both sides need to understand that.
0: Now we're all broken. We all have the same. problem. Yeah. We're all broken. We all have the yeah. same yeah. dilemma. We yeah. all have the same need and has yeah. The same answer. And so it's like we, you know, we, we yeah. overcomplicate this a lot sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Because it's again something we don't relate to or understand. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I remember. Uh, we'll get into some questions here in just a second, but I remember probably about four years ago. We got a call one night kind of late at night during the warming shelter season and uh it was a gal that called and says hey is your warming center open and i said yeah uh and she says uh, you know i'm a lesbian can i can i come into the warming center that's a weird way to leave. yeah and i said well I, and i said that it's kind of an odd question are, are you cold and she said yeah and i said well then you can come to the warming <laughs> shelter She said yeah but, but you're a church and i'm a lesbian you're okay with that mm-hmm. Are
0: you? Are you a cold (laughs) lady? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll make get warm,
1: right? And that's kind of the way the conversation went. But like, this was a person that had, you know, whatever her experience was, you know, had led her to make a phone call to see if it was okay that she could come in and get warm. And I think she expected the answer probably to be no. Sure. Um, And it just was an interesting, you know, it was a bit of an indictment on the church, you know, to, to your point that we really floundered, you know, in this way and not exhibited love and compassion you know probably the way that christ would towards you know that particular segment of uh, society um well now that we've established you know god's good design His right intentional design for for human beings and we've seen how you know humanity has kind of given god the finger uh, in that in, in many ways i want to get into some questions some specific questions with regard to gender and sexuality and so um first of all maybe the first question um would you say uh, that same-sex attraction is sinful, or that it can be honoring to God.
2: That it can be honoring to God. Yeah, as if that's a possibility.
1: Yeah, it is it possible? Huh. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> when you say a <laughs> tally, <Italian. laughs> well, there's there's this, there's this movement out yeah, yeah. there now, kind of kind of a subculture of Christianity that would say that you know if you're if you're in a same-sex relationship that's monogamous and committed. You know that, that that could honor God, mm. um, and that's kind of a growing. You know, there's been some books written about these kinds of things. Mm. Um, so, so what would you say about you know, same-sex attraction? The way you
0: the way you frame that question, it, it sounds like like you know, do you walk to school or carry your lunch? It's one of those like, yeah. how do I answer that question? I don't know what <laughs> to say there because I don't. I, I think the idea that um, somebody could have be attracted to the the opposite sex is like I'm a, I'm attracted to a lot of things mm-hmm. that, that are wrong, but I'm not sinning because I'm not doing those things right. so I, that's that's the I guess why I'm confused by how to answer that uh, when, when the minute we act on that um, you know give in to that thing then sin occurs you know whatever it happens to be but just because you know I might be attracted to a chocolate cake um, really want to eat a lot of it the whole mm-hmm. thing maybe you're you know okay pizza that's probably more likely because <laughs> I don't really that cake um, but I, I don't know maybe yeah. I'm
2: well we kind of established it right and what we read in Genesis as well as Romans is like we know what um, what was originally intended by God, so we we know what's right, which is man woman mm-hmm. with attraction between man woman, and then we see because we're fallen that we start um, playing games with it and inventing other things that aren't natural,
0: which right? don't honor sure. God. The word right. in Romans, so yeah. so that, we, that's what I was driving. Yeah, yeah so.
2: so so every day I think all of us, if we're to be honest, are attracted to things that we shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Right, in, like. Um, that god hasn't intended us for so we know that something's broken but then there's the whole question of <clears throat> acting on it or not acting on it right because mm-hmm. we're walking through every day we're walking through our lives you know constantly being pulled away by things we shouldn't be um, and we're not necessarily committing sin but we know that something's wrong sure inside of us because we're attracted to things we shouldn't be so there's the, that part where the fall is a reality at every level and then that part where we just decide to give into it for whatever reason, and and actually walk in it,
0: right? I yeah. would say most of the desires of my flesh are aren't, aren't for in sure. alignment with the, the honor, you know, the honoring or the glorification of God. They're, sure, they're right. the opposite of that. But I, fortunately, I don't act on yes. most of those desires. So, yeah. um, so in that sense, that I'm not sinning. And the but so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
1: think we can make a yeah. distinction between you know ordered desire and disordered desire. And so, you know, for for men and women to be attracted to one another, like that's an ordered mm-hmm. desire. Like we can act on that in ways that, right. that are sinful and, and not honoring to God. Yeah, I was Go calling that as intended, well. but that makes right. sense. Ordered, but desire. but it's an ordered yeah. desire for you know heterosexual yeah. attraction. Um, and, but I think we would say you know a homosexual attraction, same sex attraction, yeah. would, would be even a disordered desire, yeah. um, yes. going against you know nature, against God's good and right uh, design. And that that's an unpopular thing to espouse uh, in our culture these days, and and even like I said within Christianity, it's becoming more and more of you know an, an idea that you know the same sex attraction can honor God if it's you know in a monogamous committed relationship. Well, and again,
0: it, those things are based on the way I feel, right? The way I you know it, it, we don't we separate it from what does God want, right? right? Mm-hmm. And and we put it into the, the camp of what do I want? What's good for me? And that's where right. you know that's where we would part ways with. It. Well, now what God wants ultimately is that's the answer right and and if we're not going to do that then everything apart from that is you know sin right
2: well and this is important because this is this is where the argument arises in that god made me this way which is even what a lot of christian uh gay christians will do right is they're they're actually playing it into their theology totally and and they're saying you know god made me this way so they're not differentiating the ordered from the other so they're saying god made me um someone who's attracted to other people it's like yes he he originally created you to be attracted to others, but because of your sin and your brokenness, yeah. you have spread that into areas that doesn't belong. Right? Yeah. And we're responsible for that. So
0: And that's true of all of us. That's what that, the fall the fall the fall us. shattered everything that you know, God's good creation got broken by sin okay. and now all of our or you know, all of our desires are, are right. you know, yeah, all jacked up. And yeah. I
2: mean to, I, I would even go farther than that, you know, when I've had this conversation before, just because god has made us with more of an intention or something as christians who have the word of god and are desiring to follow god um it 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 doesn't mean that it's okay ever uh to just give yourself over to that thing because you have that tendency stronger than someone else does right it just means you need to fight harder you need to deny more you know often you need to you know um yeah that's true of anger
0: it's true of everything alcohol Mm -hmm. or you know that's what i always you might have a propensity to those things because you know for whatever reason but still doesn't make it okay exactly well i think
1: with this issue in particular you know like you you don't have people who tie their identity necessarily to the fact that they're angry and you don't have people that necessarily tie their identity to the fact that you know maybe they've been a thief Um, you know you know maybe with drugs and alcohol people you know kind of live with this identity as you know being in recovery but but with gender and sexuality like it's so deeply tied for people to their identity mm-hmm. um, maybe more so than, than anything else And
0: that came out really strongly when remember when John Ford he was a yeah. uh, he was a man who uh, was gay still has same-sex attraction but became a Christian and stopped practicing and stopped acting on those yeah. desires and he came and shared it at the church one time and he hated the phrase that Christians use all the time about love the uh, sinner but mm-hmm. hate the sin yeah. Uh, because he said he couldn't separate those two things because sure. it was you're basically saying, um, I hate what you do, I hate who you are, but I don't hate you. And he's like, yeah. How can you separate that? Because it was an identity yeah. thing. It was so tied up in identity that he couldn't separate the two things. Yeah. Whereas with anger you could you could do that. Um, and, and I think that's part of why we, we see so much passion involved in this discussion yeah. is, is people they, they view that as who they are to their core yeah. of their being. And so, so what, 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 would you, what would you
1: say to people who, you know, for like it's just so deeply tied to their identity, what, what would you say to them?
0: It's the wrong identity. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's contrary to the identity that they're, that they, that they should have in, in Christ and, mm-hmm. you know, the way they were designed and, you know, I mean, again, I can, I can say I'm all kinds of things, but at the end of the day, I'm a child of God. He's created me and I, I'm bound to that. Yeah, there is no other identity. That's my true identity. So it's a false identity. Yeah,
1: and so at the end of the day, it becomes really a matter of faith, yeah. right? Do, do you do you trust that God, the way God has created humans, is good and right yeah. and intentional? Do, do we trust in that? Do we believe it to be true? Um, and, and I think for many, you know, this this, this identity crisis uh, really is a crisis of faith. At the end of the day, not trusting that God got it right. Yeah,
0: which is again, you go right back to the garden. And you see that. With the original creation, you know. Yeah. You know, God you didn't get it right. There's something better out here. Let us let, vary from your plan and let's try to run down this path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What what would you say, um what would you say to the church? What would you say to, to Christians, followers of Christ, um, by way of just encouragement in how they would act towards people in the LGBTQ community? Yeah. What would you say? Way to turn it around. I mean, we've already, you know, kind of touched upon it that the church has floundered, you know, in this area in particular, and loving, you know, people for whom this is their reality. You know, I think, you know, we could all get behind, you know, if you know somebody who just got out of prison walked into the church, you know, we might think, hey, that's pretty cool that you know somebody, you know, has turned their life around, and you know, now that they're living for Christ and they're part of the fellowship. Um, you know, but if you know, a gay person walks into church, I think you know, they would get a lot of stares and, and people would be you know, uneasy about it um, and, and unsure about it. And, and I think what I would say is that uh, you know, just going back to that idea of you know such such were some of you, you know we, we all have our, our flaws and we all have our brokenness um, and God while we were his enemies, he loved us and, and therefore we ought to love you know, those who are the enemies of God. Because that was me at one point in my life, maybe for different reasons, but it was me at one point in my life. Um, and um, you know, for me, w- with this you know this person that I mentioned earlier, that I like, you know, part of my prayers, you know, at the time when I was relating to that person was God, help me to love this person in the way that You would. And, and it was hard sometimes. There were there were some days where just the motivation wasn't there, and there were some days where kind of my offense, uh, you know, took front and center just in, in my thinking anyway. Um, and there were other days where you know God showed me grace and helped me to love the person that. Um, you know at least initially for me was hard to love and then god changed me you know as i prayed and just asked for help in loving people the way that he loves people and not saying that you know that i do that perfectly now or get it right all the time but um, you know i've asked god for help and he's given me help
0: yeah i I, I just think about how jesus was with you know the people in society that everybody else said don't be with those people don't hang Mm -hmm. around those people stay away from those you know he he seemed to gravitate to them (laughs) Um, and, whether and, it was
2: a leper or a Samaritan woman yeah, it was always the, the grossest seed, yeah. in
0: society whatever you want to label that as mm-hmm. and i think the church has done that with with you know with um, these people and i don't i don't I didn't want to go through the whole <laughs> acronym yeah. but i should have uh, anyway uh, you know and that's a mistake but there's a difference between the way we would treat an an unbeliever and somebody who is a believer who's who's you know kind of embraced this lifestyle or yeah. this identity and and that's the that's kind of the um, you know, we have to kind of make sure that we're um, understanding that because if you, if you basically say, you know, if you put the jersey on and you're saying that I'm a follower of Christ and you're doing these things as well, that, that changes the dynamic as, right. there, as far as the way the church relates to them. But, but somebody that's a not, believe, you know, an unbeliever that comes in, they're a sinner like anybody else is a sinner that needs to hear the gospel uh, and needs to, you know, repent and believe. Yeah. So. So we treat them the exact same way as we treat everybody else in that regard even if we're uncomfortable with who they are and what they're doing right uh, but if it's somebody that's within the church that's you know struggling in this you know there's a difference between uh fighting against something and giving into something and, and i think we've, we've run into this mm-hmm. you know with some people in the church already if you're fighting against something and you know you you acknowledge before god that it's wrong and you're fighting to try to you know that's that's a you know that's one thing. But when you've yeah. given into something and you've said you need to accept this and I'm going to do this, and even though I you know agree that it's contrary to what God's Word says, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's good.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you that like uh, what I would say to a, my congregation or whatever would it, it would have to be a continual as far as this goes is a continual reinforcement of the gospel. I yeah. mean, I don't know how else to swing at that error, you know, or hypocrisy. Right, is where we sit around every day. We come to church every week going. I love what Jesus has done for me, I love what Jesus has done for me, and then we go do the opposite this way, you know, in our daily lives. And, and, and so I think just a, a reinforcement of the, the, the height and the depths and the width of his love for us and what he's done towards us is the only thing that can change a Christian's mind and heart towards whoever the sinner is, right? you know, is to know that we're, we're undeserving of it. it it's, an, it's, a, it's a grace matter. Through and through, and we yeah. love grace. We don't hate it, right you know. So let's dispense it, you know, just like He's dispensed it to us. So it's a, it's a it's a it's an over and over reinforcement of the gospel that has to go to the church that doesn't understand this. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, there's a good chance that they don't understand the gospel.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, so we're always striving for truth, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in our kind of current cultural climate, you know, tr- truth is very subjective. You know, you have your truth, I have mine, but. You know we would advocate that the bible gives us objective truth that, that's not up to us to determine right that, that god has given us truth yeah. um and, and i know that we would also advocate for um you know dispensing that truth in love and, and our society even has a jacked up you know measure of what love is mm-hmm. right um you know so for culture, you know, love is like never saying no, and never coming against people, and just letting them, you know, be their truest self. You know, kind of a thing. That's yeah, yeah. The, the and, acceptance, like was said yeah, earlier, of yeah. of what they do. Right, and and you know, biblical truth and biblical love. When those two things come, to, like that, you can't separate them. You right. can't have one without the other. And so, so we you know advocate for the truth, but we do so in a compassionate way, and not not we you know we don't want to use the Bible to clobber people right. over the head, right. uh, to guilt people. But at the same time, we don't want to, you know, hold back anything from them that's good and right, you know, for their for their flourishing, um, and uh, you know, barriers uh, put in place for them to come to know Christ.
2: Yeah, the,
0: the love should drive the, the truth, right, right. Like that, well, that's where, where it leads. If we us believe to. what God's Word says that if we're on the wrong side of, you know, um, the way God has intended our life to be, and that, you know that that any sin puts us there, um, and we don't reconcile that with God through Christ. Yeah. Um, you know eternally we are separated from him right. and punished by him right and if we believe that then I mean we need to tell people yeah. and love you know you, you need to pay attention yeah. to this and that's a hard conversation to have with anybody uh, but when it goes to somebody's you know the core of their identity who they who they really feel they are that makes it even harder yeah uh, because it's easy for somebody to come and say man you got an anchor problem and you're you know God doesn't like that right. I mean, it's like yeah I get that I can I can See that really clearly, right? Um, but when it comes to this idea, of this is who I am to my core, which is what people, th- you know, I, I think are feeling. It's a harder conversation yeah. to have. That's well, why we'll it's so personal.
1: Like, what's wrong with? You know, there's nothing wrong with the desire to love and to be loved, right? There's nothing wrong with right. that. And so, you know, it's hard, much harder, to your point, to see the problem with, um, you know, the same sex attraction and relationships and same sex marriage right. and, and gender identity and those kinds of things, because, you know, I'm just trying to be the best me that I can be. <laughs> Right? And, and yeah. so it's a much harder conversation when it's more difficult to see what's wrong with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, any other questions you think we need to address? I think we kind of got through my list. Or anything else important that you feel like I we don't need think, to, yeah. to say on the, the topic? That
2: subject could be unpacked any better than we just did.
0: <laughs> Sorry, wow. shouldn't have laugh, shouldn't laugh that loud. <laughs> I didn't expect that. What else is, what else is there? To say? It's such a hard thing to talk about because it just feels like you're going to, you know, hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to step on toes. You're going to come across as an uncaring, unloving. You know, that's the way the church has been in a lot of ways. And, and so you you automatically feel like the minute you open your mouth yeah. and start talking about this, that you're going to be seen that way. Yeah. And nobody wants to be seen that way. But at the end of the day, each one of us has an obligation. To honor the God that made us, yeah. and the clearest way to do that is to, to, you know, be obedient to His clear design and desire. And this yeah. is an area where I don't, again, I don't, I don't feel apologetic about that. It's like His will is clear here, and and I just hope people will, you know, again, remove the personal. You know, it's not a personal attack. It's not. It's it's not that I think you're less than me. It's just like this, the, we all have an obligation to God yeah. in this regard, and it's important that we, you know, say that. I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if we if we believe this is the ultimate authority going all the way back, then this this is what we're standing on, and and it's part of the reason why, you know, the language is in there. And Christ said some of the things he said about the people of God being persecuted. You know, that that's, that doesn't just come from the outside. A lot of times that, that comes from the inside. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, if, we, if we're appealing to His Word, then um, then yeah, we, we need to we need to obey God rather than man. Right. And, and again, it's because we believe this is true, right, it's a question of faith, yeah. even on this side of it, right, um, then, then we're going to be okay right. with, uh, with knowing that people are not going to uh, be okay with us. Yeah, you know.
0: um, Yeah, it's a big shift that's, that's taken place over the last, you know, 20, 30 it years, it, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that here, it that is. we're going to be, you know, people are going to say, well, you're on the wrong side of history, you're yeah. on the wrong side of this argument and um, right. you know it's gonna just kind of perpetuate that same separation yeah. of the church and everybody else in society that yeah. we're already
2: seeing yeah we'll see it more and more like you said yeah. you, you grew up when I grew up I mean I grew up in in the Los Angeles area went to school in the Los Angeles area and you, even then in that place you didn't see people imagine, walking around uh, mm-hmm. admitting mm-hmm. imagine what Idaho gonna, was like right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so we used to be a lot more morally controlled yeah you know as a society um, that's out the window. Like no one cares anymore, right. and so we're just going to continue to see this.
0: This well, quick all of that existed and, then, and it's existed. since It's like always it's existed, existed time. Yeah, nothing but new. because now
2: we're loud and proud, yep. and we have nothing to hide, so closet doors are open now. Right, everybody's coming out of the closet on their stuff, and right. nobody can tell me that I'm wrong for yep. doing right. so. That's the reason why our message is going to start um, becoming nastier and more hated. Yep.
1: Yeah. Agreed. That, that reminds me of a story, maybe it'll be a good thing to close on. Um, years ago, um, I came across an article on the Huffington Post, super liberal outlet if you're not familiar. And mm-hmm. the title of the article was uh, My Coming Out as a Friend of Dan Cathy. And Dan Cathy yeah. was the CEO of Chick-fil-A. And I, I don't know much about the man at all, but the title kind of caught my attention. And so I read this. And it was a super long article uh, for the Huffington Post. And uh, it was at the time when uh, Chick fil A was coming under uh, a lot of fire for their stance on traditional marriage, and they were making headlines and that kind of thing. And this guy that wrote the article, I don't remember his name, um, but he was uh, the director of the organization that was leading the charge against Dan Cathy and Chick fil A. And he just chronicled this, this story of how, in the midst of all this, Dan Cathy reached out to him. And at first, this guy was super skeptical, thinking the guy's just being political and trying to make this thing go away. <laughs> but he writes this story about how over time um, they became friends. Uh, they became actually really good friends and he talked about how that particular year that Dan Cathy invited him to be in his box at uh, whatever bowl game Chick-fil-A sponsored. Uh, and He said I had every intention that you know, he wasn't going to pay me any bit of attention. You know, he had more to lose for me being there than I had to lose. And, and He said that much to my surprise he did not leave my side and he introduced me to every single person in that room um, and he just this guy was blown away just by the love and compassion and, and at the end of the article he said, "I know that two things are true. I know that, that he doesn't agree with my lifestyle, um, but I know without a doubt that he loves me as a friend and he loves my partner and he cares for us both and I 'm proud to say that he's my friend and it was just one of the most compelling things I think I 've ever read coming <laughs> from this liberal media outlet cool. and, and it was probably ten years ago, and I still remember it. I mean it just, just stuck in my mind that like you know we, the church could learn that yeah like i don't don't know the man or his politics or much about him but um but that particular thing like it just has always stuck with me well
2: this brings up a good point too because well maybe it's a little off but maybe it's not (laughs) so off this is a bonus discussion um because you have a lot of christians these days at least i know a lot of christians these days that because of a political stance or a certain belief they boycott Companies right. they boycott sharp shop you know shopping here shopping mm-hmm. there
0: Starbucks Target all all of it and number one it
2: always comes off self righteous with these people when they do it um, but but the bigger thing is probably number two which is what you're talking what that little article you read teaches us is if we go ahead and just tr- attempt to remove ourselves from every arena of of wickedness mm. and sinfulness. We're gonna be living in um, a bubble. Then, we, yeah, then then we're actually walking in a whole different sin. Yeah, <laughs> which is the one that that negates the whole reason we're on earth. You know, right. we, so can, just, we can only shop at
0: Hobby Lobby and eat at Chick Fil A. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and who wants that? Uh, so, <laughs> no, I, that's where I, you know, I think the world is going to act like the world. Yeah, uh, nice. You know, um, it's a fallen, broken world, and we can't expect mm-hmm. a fallen, broken world to, to behave in a Christian way doesn't make any sense. I've never really understood the boycotts and stuff. It's like we can legislate morality. We can force them to be moral. Right. It's like, well, only, Besides, the go- yeah. only the gospel can fix these things. Right. Exactly. And so what are we What are we even doing sometimes? We just come across as kind of hateful and tolerant. Right. Not, not to even
2: mention the fact that you cannot carry that out consistently. No. Like, right. your, your money, if you follow your trail, is always going to go to someone who is probably a God hater or a non-believer. Absolutely. Like, so like, the, just that level is stupid, but yeah. yeah i mean we're, we're we're here to be behind enemy lines and, and to do what this man yeah. did to, yeah. to show people love uh, not that we agree with what they're doing but
0: that but god has a remedy for it well you know? i love that idea that the bible talks about how we should be like this this pleasant aroma Ooh. traveling through the world we yeah. come, not not like you know everybody's checking their shoes when you walk by to <laughs> see if they stepped in something <laughs> and i think a lot of christians just end up you know they're just mean spirited for sure. Uh-huh. for sure and cool. again we don't love sin we don't embrace you know evil that's not that's not the point but there you know this world is full of broken people that need to meet jesus yeah. and such were some of us right. so it's like man let's, let's... i don't know if
1: anybody in history has ever come to christ as a result of being proved wrong or as a result of losing an argument mm-hmm. yeah right. you know that's you know for a lot of you know christians you know we try to win arguments and prove people wrong and um you know we do so in very unloving ways and so yeah. you know kind of end this thing just be you know, the encouragement to anybody and everybody would be um you know, to remember, you know, your own depravity and your own sinfulness before God, and that while you were His enemy, Christ died for you, and let that inform the way that we approach people and deal with people, you know, out there in the world, as as we're intentionally you know, out there rubbing shoulders with you know, with people that
0: Jesus loves. Yeah, yeah we can't line. can't give up on the truth, but yeah. speak the truth in love yeah. the way Jesus did. Absolutely,
2: amen. Yeah, even in Romans one, when we read that, I think a lot of us, when we become Christians. Read that section of Romans one and and think of those people. Right,
1: and it's like we are like, included, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in this. In yeah. this, and we need we right. need to remember that. I'm, I'm one of the inventors of evil. <laughs> exactly. I right exactly, you know? dude. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good. Anything else that we need to touch on, or no?
2: You
1: want to pray for us?
2: Sure, Lord. Thank you so much for uh, just reminding us of of um, the most necessary thing to be reminded of that. Uh, while we were yet sinners uh, Christ died for us Um, that is not sin specific Uh, that encompasses all sin and and we thank you for that Lord we thank you that it reaches uh, to the to the the farthest or even seeming uh, seemingly um, nastiest uh, sins uh, that it all got nailed to the cross help us to be a people that are more compassionate uh, today than we were yesterday they love grace The grace of the gospel as much as we hate sin. And we ask it to your glory. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Later.